quiet. It's all quiet in the underground bunker. Doors closed. Locks bolted. But the great one isn't just resting on his laurels. He's making sure your weekend is even better by giving you his best. This is the best of Mark Levin. It's amazing how Washington works, or better said, doesn't work. They impeached twice the President of the United States who never violated the Constitution or any law. Who never committed high crimes and misdemeanors, no matter how you describe them. They unleashed a criminal investigation against him to try and take him out with a special counsel. Whose staff is filled with Democrats who are trying to take out the sitting president. All these entities in Washington, these... American Marxist, Democrat Party, Democrat-supporting entities. They work with collaborators in the FBI, the bigger Department of Justice, collaborators in the intelligence agencies, the federal judges who work on on the FISA courts, bend over backwards to assist them, even when they're told that something nasty is going on by Landmark Legal Foundation, they blow us off. The whole system in Washington, D.C. Focus, concentrated on taking out Donald Trump. This same political party circles the wagons around Joe Biden. He and his family are corrupt. His son is corrupt. They've had their hands in the till of foreign governments, including the enemy, communist China. They have surrendered so many national security elements to fascistic Russia, communist China, the Islamo-Nazi regime in Iran, and so forth. Unilaterally, they have gutted our energy independence. They've gutted our immigration system. They're gutting our financial system. Tonight, the House is going to vote on this outrageous bill. The first half was voted on by the House and the Senate, including 19 Republicans in the Senate. That would include Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, among others. And it goes on and on and on. Joe Biden ought to have a special counsel investigating he and his family's ties. We have information that came out that he had a joint account with his son Hunter, who in my view is corrupt up to his eyeballs. That didn't cause any alarms, apparently. His son, Hunter, sort of the bagman, if you will, for other family members, his brother, Joe's older brother, involved in nefarious activities, in my view. No investigations, no outcry. Conservatives, we talk among ourselves, but beyond that, nothing. Very little. Very little at all. Then we have this man who's a congressman from Arizona. His name is Gosar. I don't know him personally. He was on my show once many years ago. He's conservative. He put some kind of whatever you want to call it. It's not a cartoon, but cartoonish clip on social media, anime, uh, about AOC. 
and people interpret it as killing AOC. They were a particularly good move. And so the House Democrats and two Republics, guess who they are? Liz Cheney and Adam Kingsinger. Vote to censure him and remove him from committees. Censure him and remove him from committees for posting what he did. You have Omar and Talib and AOC and others who said the most hateful things about millions of American citizens who are Jewish. They say the most hateful, racist things about white people. They call it reverse racism. I don't call it reverse racism. Racism is racism. And you see it throughout the media, including with Joy Reid, who is who's the worst of the worst, I believe. Talib wasn't censored. Omar wasn't censored. AOC wasn't censored. There's a congresswoman by the name of Boart who went to the floor of the House and said, wait a minute. We have a Democrat member of the House of Representatives who serves on the Intelligence Committee who has worked to impeach Donald Trump more than twice. Who slept with a communist spy. And rather than censure him, Nancy Pelosi keeps him on the Intelligence Committee and defends him and protects him. This is what's going on in our country. Even beyond Representative Gosar. Two standards. Two standards. One that applies to Democrats and American Marxists and one applies to everybody else. Everybody else has to look over their shoulder. Everybody else has to worry if they're being seen in public without a mask. Everybody else has to carry a a vaccine passport around. By the way, no voter ID. That would be obviously racist. Vaccine passports compelled, a voter ID like a driver. That's obviously racist. Meanwhile, they're constantly found not wearing masks. They're constantly found cutting corners when it comes to ethics and the law. Whether whether they're feather bettering, betting their uh, their children's finances through campaign funds like Waters and all kinds of money going into the family like the Bidens. So what? So what? Right. Anyway, I wasn't even intending to leave with this, but I started to think about it at the opening of the show. Now, I want to get into something that affects each and every one of you. The price of fuel, and it's even bigger than that. The price of fuel. Joe Biden is now saying he wants the oil companies investigated because he's concerned that they're gouging the consumer. He's doing that because he knows that that kind of demagoguery and propaganda works. It works because people have been trained and brainwashed. I hate the oil companies. Why? It's beyond belief to me. Since they do all the dirty work and their employees do all the dirty work to provide us with fuel so we can warm ourselves, cool ourselves, drive wherever we want to drive and so forth and so on. In so many ways we use fuel. 
And when you look at the rest of the world, at least in the past, it's been done at a relatively reasonable cost. Now, when the government gets involved, it drives up the cost. It's the oil companies that want to drill on federal lands. It's the oil companies that want to drill off the coast. It's the oil companies that want to drill in Anwar in Alaska. It's the oil companies that want to build pipelines. It's the oil companies that want to get you gasoline and oil, propane, because the more they sell, the more they make in terms of profits. It's the government that steps in the way with onerous regulations, massive taxes. And it's only gotten worse. It's only gotten worse. Pasaki was thrilled when prices were going up the other day because she thought that demonstrates how it, we're transitioning to, uh, you know, a Green New Deal. It's Biden who canceled the Keystone Pipeline. It's Biden who canceled Anwar. Millions and millions of acres. Donald Trump opened up. Biden closed them. It's Biden who's canceling oil leases and putting in place new regulations and threatening existing pipelines, not even newly uh, developing pipelines, but existing pipelines for closure. Then going to OPEC and begging for more oil. And now he has the nerve, the nerve to blame the oil companies. The oil companies. They're voting tonight on this monstrosity of a bill that's not just a monstrosity in terms of its cost, but we've discussed this at great length. I was the first to point out that what they're going to do is truncate the number of years for these massive new entitlements they're creating, and they know they're not going to be canceled. So rather than doing a 10-year cost, as they're supposed to do, they give you a one, two, three-year cost because they know they won't be canceled in future years. But these are massive drags on the economy, on your liberty, on your property rights. And this entire Green New Deal and climate change, as I've discussed, as I've written in American Marxism, at great length, is a degrowth movement. That's what it is. That's why you see prices going up. Not because the oil companies are trying to hoard oil or they won't drill. They're begging to drill. Those leases are being canceled. This administration is opposed to drilling. It's opposed to oil. It's opposed to fossil fuels. They've said it a thousand times. And now when the consequences just begin to kick in, they say the industry's ripping off. Investigate the industry. The industry's their target. It's their target. These are economic illiterates. They opposed the Industrial Revolution. They imposed all these things that have come out, these glorious advances that free market capitalism has created for the average American person. It is they who drive up prices. It is they who create the shortages in government. And if they pass this bill and the Senate follows, you ain't seen nothing yet. And you see the price of basics, food, Just food. Traveling to work. Driving to Thanksgiving. And the airlines have already told us they're going to have to significantly increase their prices. Your salaries are increasing this fast. Your income's not increasing this fast. This is what central planning does, whether it's Venezuela or Cuba. 
This is what it does. It creates dislocation. It creates poverty. Where there was once wealth, wealth is destroyed because wealth is the target too. Successful people are the target. So when Biden now says, blame the oil companies. I want these agencies to investigate the oil companies. I think they're, they're scamming the people. Investigate them all you want. It's not going to bring down the price. And when we come back, Joe Biden is now blaming private companies for the port delays. Not the laws in the state of California that prevent independent operators from working, that only allow certain unions to work, and have the strictest environmental rules, making so much of what needs to be done impossible. People have warned about this for decades. Now, according to Joe Biden, it's again the private sector's fault. They regulate it, they tax it. They prevent it from participating in certain activities, and then they, they attack it as a way not to have any responsibility for their actions. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Making your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. Now, I've made the assessment that Tiffany Cross, who's she? Good question. She's a bigot, in my view. Ellie Mistel from The Nation, the white justice system, this is what it was designed to do. I've made the the suggestion that Tiffany Cross is trying to outdo Joy Reid because she wants a primetime gig on MSNBC, too. And we all know how you get it. I mean, look at Joe Scarborough. He's been whoring himself for years now. May I say that with all due respect? I think I will. And without due respect. This guy will do anything for a buck. Look at him. He's not on TV because of his looks. He's not on TV because of his smarts. Then why is he on TV? Because he fits the mold, you know, like Nicole Wallace. Oh, former Republic. They have all these never-Trumper Republics on MSLSD. But Joy Reid, she's never been a sort of Scarborough type. She's been a bigot for a long time. You remember all that stuff about her social media and how she was attacking homosexuals and other things she would do? Just pretty nasty stuff. 
And that's why Comcast thought she should have a prime time slot. And that's why they charge you confiscatory rates for your cable. So Joy Reid is on MSLSD Friday. And uh, go. I mean, this is what we expected to happen. Now, you expected it to happen because it should have happened. It's amazing how they turn a case involving four white men into a racial issue. Is it not, ladies and gentlemen? And yet the slaughter in the inner cities, and I looked at these statistics, it's overwhelmingly black young men killing black young men. Almost no attention. And of course, it's not racist. It's crazy. And if you dare to talk about this stuff, you know, people have to worry about their careers being destroyed. Go ahead. I mean, this is what we expected to happen, because I think we have to keep in mind when we're watching the criminal justice system at work, that it was designed to do exactly what it did today. Gun laws helped to enhance the design to allow this verdict to happen today. What, country- what, what does that incoherence even mean? So the police are systemically racist. Their budget should be eliminated or at least slashed. You should be left to the devices of murderers, rapists, burglars, whatever it is. You, your wife, or your girlfriend, your kids... We see where this has gotten us so far with just a little taste of Joy Reed justice. Murder through the roof, rape through the roof, businesses being forced out of neighborhoods that need the businesses there, including pharmaceutical uh, retail stores. These people live in wealthy areas. I don't know where Joy Reed lives, but I know where she doesn't live. I'm certain of it. And so they, they live the life of the top one-tenth of one percent in the country. But they're down for the revolution. As long as they don't have to be in the revolution, as long as they don't have to live in the revolution, as long as they don't have to uh, experience the consequences of the revolution, everything's fine. Makeup on, hair done, clothes paid for by the network, cameras on, spew your hate, your racism, your bigotry, your anti-Semitism, and overall your anti-Americanism. Then you're all done. How'd I do? How was I? Was I good? Oh, you were just great, Joy. Just terrific. Thank you. Where's my car? I want to go home. Oh, okay. Where's the driver? Oh, okay. Go ahead. ...on the idea... Uh, that white men had a, a, a particular kind of freedom and a particular kind of citizenship that only they have. Well, they if get- that's true, then why was Kyle Rittenhouse charged? Why was he charged? He was charged by white prosecutors. He wouldn't have been charged at all. First of all, he shouldn't have been charged at all, but he wouldn't have been charged at all. So what is she talking about? The country is built on the idea that white men had a particular kind of freedom and a particular kind of citizenship that only they have. See, part of the problem for Joy Reid and these American Marxists on the radical left is this. They embrace felons. Now look, if you've been a felon, 
and you've come out and you've changed your life, I'm all for you. There's one man in particular who I happen to know, not well, but in a distant way, who is a terrific husband, a terrific citizen, who's a patriot. People can and do change their lives, but I'm not talking about that. Rosenbaum didn't change his life. Huber didn't change his life. Gross, whatever his ass is, he didn't change his life. This guy the other day that drove through the, uh, the, 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 the playing band, the marching bands, and the, uh, and, and the uh, cheerleaders and everything, he didn't change his life. These are all felons who committed felony after felony after felony, and they keep committing felony if they could. Dangerous, dangerous men. And the Democrats, if you remember Bernie Sanders, he believes people should vote while they're in prison, even if they committed murder. Because they believe most of those folks are going to vote Democrats. The reason the border's open. And if you don't want them to vote, obviously you're a white supremacist. You believe in suppressing the vote. Joy Reid believes in suppressing the truth. She's a hater. And worse. And she and her friend, what is it, Toby, Tiffany, and, and others and so forth. It is they, in my view, who have blood on their hands. It is people like that will never allow this country to come together. Ever. And it's because big corporations and these corporatists, these CEOs and COOs and CFOs and these board members, they want this. They want the ratings increased. If they can get them. But if not, they figure they're covering their asses. They're protecting themselves because we don't spend enough time going into their damn shareholder meetings raising hell. Whereas the other side does. They do. And they trash mouth and they smear and they slander and they libel. We pretty much scratch our heads and complain to each other. Go ahead. You know, from the slave catchers on, the right to inflict violence um, in the name of protecting property. That's like the foundational... Uh, You know, you're such a jackass. How about the right to inflict violence in the name of protecting your turf, as many gangs do? Is that okay? Is that what the founders intended? Is that what the founders created? You see, it's never anybody's fault. Here, Kyle Rittenhouse went through a full-fledged trial where the state tried to imprison him, where they cut corners on his constitutional rights, where they cut corners on the judge's orders, where they cut corners on the provision of evidence, where they cut corners on the cross-examination of witnesses. Now, MSNBC won't talk about that. CNN won't talk about that. The clowns at the Holocaust-denying New York Times won't talk about that. The clowns at the Washington Compost, they won't talk about it either. I mean, it's not Russia collusion, you know. It's, it's not covering up for Hunter Biden. So they're not going to give you the information. This country was built on. Let me tell you what this country was built on. This country was built on ideas that were never, ever established in any form of government. Not Athens, not Rome, none. Not Britain, even. Even though our framers borrowed ideas from Britain, 
They wanted to be distinct and different from Britain. And they borrowed great ideas from the greatest philosophers, from the Judeo-Christian morals. A lot of ideas, because they were starting this country anew. And they struggled with this issue of slavery. They struggled to the point that their children and grandchildren fought a civil war. I suppose they didn't have to fight a civil war, but they did. And the vast majority of those who fought the civil war, both for and against, were white. Not all, but the vast majority. Let's talk about the Union for a moment. And this white foundational creation of the United States in this white dominant culture why would men from the north who didn't own slaves who had nothing to do with slavery support abolition or even if they were neutral in the issue hadn't given it much thought many of them never met a slave they knew nothing about slaves why would they put their lives on the line and fight to end it Not just a few. In a nation of 24 to 25 million people. With about 17 million of them in the north. There were over 700,000 casualties. More deaths in the Civil War than World War II. That is shocking. One horrendous battle after another. People lost their arms and legs. Most of them wouldn't survive. If they were wounded horribly, they suffered. The country was turned inside out. Why don't they ever talk about the people in the Union who fought to abolish slavery put their lives on the line in some cases families lost all their children how come that's never discussed how come the New York Times doesn't put out a study guide on who these people are we have people in this country now or second or third generation, their families weren't even here during the Civil War. Their families weren't even here during slavery. Some of them are in Congress, some of them are on TV, trashing our country. Trashing the country. Really unbelievable how unhinged because they're pushing this Marxist agenda. If you don't support the agenda of centralized government, redistribution of wealth, where these people are in control, re-engineering society, deciding whether you should have property rights, know that she attacks property, property, property. Well, people who work believe in property, whether it's their own money, their bank accounts, their pensions, their health care plans, whether it's their own home or whatever it is. Yes, they believe in property because they earned it. They work with it with their own two hands and their own their own brain tissue. But it's a funny thing, ladies and gentlemen, 
When negotiation time comes up for Joy Reid's contract, she cares about property too. And she wants a lot of it. All these people want property. They want property in tenure. They want property when they give speeches, money. They want to get paid when they show up on TV. They believe in property too. It's just that they don't believe you should have decisions about your property, that they should make decisions about your property. That's true, you know. But who were these men? These men. Some of them as young as 12 or 13 years old. Boys. Who put on that heavy wool union uniform. Who could march up to 20 miles a day in the sweltering heat in the south. March through woods and forests and rivers with poisonous snakes, snakes and other kinds of animals. Knowing that they would go into a battle and they were likely to be severely wounded or mortally wounded, killed. Writing notes to their loved ones and putting it in their pockets. Writing notes in their Bibles for their mother or their father. Holding on to memories of their loved ones. Pictures. Who were these men? They were mostly Christian. And they were mostly white. They were mostly Christian. And they were mostly white. And they fought to save the Union. And they fought to destroy slavery. I wonder if they'll teach that in the critical race theory classes. I wonder what Joy Reid has to say about that. Or Talib. Or Omar. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. You're listening to the best of Mark Levin. David Schoen is a great lawyer. He was one of the lead counsels, not the lead counsel, in the first Trump impeachment attack. And now he represents Steve Bannon. And he has conferred information to me and to you. I was utterly unaware of, uh, that basically Bannon had said, no, I mean, the President of the United States, he's in charge of these documents. He has asserted privilege, that is Donald Trump, and uh, we'll wait till this is adjudicated, and when a court decides if I'm ordered to do something, I'll do it. So he's not a criminal. He's not a criminal. And you know, uh, David Schoen, Congress isn't always right. That's why you go to court to get these things adjudicated. And it is very, very important that you're out there now because nobody's hearing this. Nobody's hearing this. This is absurd, isn't it? You have these legal analysts they are writing on the Hill. Some of them are even former friends of mine that Bannon and, and, and Trump's aides and former friends, and they have no uh, 
They have nothing to stand on. Go get them. Well, apparently they do, don't they? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And, and, and you know, one of the saddest circumstances here is that the biggest loser is the American people. If anybody in America is interested in finding out what happened on January 6th, all of those facts, they certainly will not find it out through this committee. And this committee deserves zero credibility. When you have people leading it who have already publicly announced their prejudgment and their personal interest in it. By the way, I left out Congresswoman Liz Cheney. Oh, is on this. Now, Congresswoman Cheney, she announced that the root causes of the events on January 6th were directly and unequivocally attributable to former President Trump. You can't investigate when you've already made up your mind. It's a scam. Um, I, I, want, I want the listeners to consider this, by the way. Every listener out there. Mr. Bannon is a lay person. Mr. Bannon was put in this position, not of his choosing. So a biased uh, committee of Congress that's prejudged the in, issue issued subpoenas. This was a setup. They issued subpoenas uh, demanding production of things. They knew the president would invoke privilege for it. Privilege was invoked. Now, Mr. Bannon is a private citizen now, a lay person. He doesn't know this process. His lawyer, very experienced, seasoned lawyer, told him, we got this letter and privilege was invoked. I direct you not to turn it over. Privilege would be waived if you did. You have no right to produce the documents or to appear. And because he followed his lawyer's advice and honored the privilege invoked by the former president, he now faces a prison sentence. He's charged with a crime. So that could happen to any American out there, any lay citizen, who in good faith listened to their lawyer and followed the process. By the way, these kinds of disputes come up in discovery in every civil case. Lawyers demand something in discovery. The other side said, I believe this is privileged, or I'm not turning it over for this reason. And you go to a neutral arbiter, a judge, who decides. Uh, and in that case, uh, generally, most litigants aren't even as biased as this uh, politicized committee is. Yeah, they're not investigating anything. They're trying to... Uh to hang these people out to dry. Now, uh, what, what is their rush, David Schoen? Why, why are they in such a hurry? Why can't they wait for the courts to make a decision? Exactly a great question. And what we read now is they're issuing more and more subpoenas. They're subpoenaing the uh, record, telephone records of other members of Congress. You know that uh, Pelosi, uh, what her name is, Speaker Pelosi, uh, refused to seat uh, Congressman Banks, Congressman Jordan on this, because they had a different view of how to investigate. They wanted a real investigation. Now some of them are finding their records subpoenaed, accusations are being made. This is all, I'm afraid, to take the um, attention away from some of the failings that are going on in the country and the administration right now. And everything is about get Trump, get Trump, get Trump. Whatever Trump initiated has to be reversed. And it's, a, it's a creating a tremendous polarization in the country and, again, making people cynical about government. No American citizen, reasonable person, would accept an investigation by a group of prejudging, uh, biased people, just like the Mueller Commission could not be accepted uh, if they'd come up with some other kind of conclusion. When you have someone like Andrew Weissman, uh, an avowed hater of all things Trump, and someone willing to you know, go to all ends. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, by the way, these other congressmen, how, how can one, how can a committee subpoena other, con- they have a speech and debate clause defense, don't they? Sure. They I mean, do, I mean, and, and it's, un- yeah. I mean, we've reached a point where members of Congress are subpoenaing other members of Congress. How sick is this? And members of Congress, a guy like Schiff who, or Nadler, who in the past have decried this kind of, oh, we mustn't do that, and we can't, we have, uh, can't politicize this process even, and so on. But when it comes to getting Donald Trump, their fear of him running again or trying to bury him, there absolutely is no uh, end too far.
it's uh, it's repulsive, frankly. It, it's really offensive to the American people, I think. I wonder if uh, the members of this committee and Nancy Pelosi had to reveal their emails and their texts and their personal communications. I think we'd find a treasure trove of stuff, wouldn't we? I mean, I think, frankly, that in the context of our criminal case now that they've forced on us, we're going to have to subpoena members of Congress. I mean, first of all, if there is a requirement that subpoena seek pertinent information, what did Congressman Thompson have in mind here exactly? And what motivated them in this case to selectively prosecute? Why in this case are they pushing it for criminal contempt? As you say, what was their hurry? Why not have a civil enforcement action? Take it before a judge? Bannon said, oh, I'll comply fully with whatever any judge uh, orders in this case. Why not do that? And by the way, by going criminal, you don't get the information. The penalty here is Mr. Bannon, God forbid, would go to prison and pay a fine. You don't get the information with civil contempt, at least. You know, they say you have the keys to jail in your pocket. Then you can coerce information out, possibly. Um, But you get a judge to order it. That's the process. That's the process the American people uh, would be interested in. And you know, David, Sean, I read the decision by the Obama-appointed federal district judge uh, in the Trump case. And among other things, she says that that Joe Biden, the current president, is the best position to determine how to protect the executive branch. I thought to myself, now, this is ridiculous. First of all, Donald Trump has an independent right to assert it. That's number one. Number two, he's at the same party as Pelosi. And he could run again for president, God forbid. So he'd want to do as much damage to Donald Trump as he possibly can. I mean, I mean. Well, Look at this. You have, you have a triumvirate of Democrats basically making these decisions, which kind of undermines our constitutional system. 100% right. And, of course, the idea of executive privilege uh, derives, most constitutional scholars would say, from the concept of separation of powers, mm. among other things. Um, but, you, you know, uh, in this case, unprecedented. Remember that President Biden publicly called for Bannon to be prosecuted. They must be held accountable. Anyone who doesn't turn over the documents this committee committee demands. That's uh, completely inappropriate. He admitted it was inappropriate. It's pressure on the Justice Department, and sure enough, they indicted. And we see this attorney general as highly, extremely political, whether it's parents protesting at a school board meeting, whether it is uh, state legislatures passing election laws that are not as he claims they are, whether it's Texas on an abortion law, he gets into these cases, really where the federal government and the Department of Justice have no role, tries to find some civil rights angle into it, and gets involved in these cases, so he's pounding on parents in Loudoun County and the rest of the country. I mean, this guy is, has to be the most political attorney general in modern times, don't you think? Uh, yeah, Eric Holder uh, give him a little run. Well, for that's money, a good one, I would say. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, but, but, you, but give Eric Garland point, some time. He's he's only been there, you know. He's only been there. Uh, <laughs> all right. So what judge. happens this now? Who's a federal judge? Yes. Well, what happens now is uh, you know we have a status conference on Thursday, and the court will set a schedule and uh, for trial. But uh, we're going to seek a great deal of discovery in this case. I think we're entitled to it. We're going to have to challenge every element here and uh, make them prove their case. We have to know what happened here. How did this happen with this committee? And why is it happening now? Why is there a selective prosecution? Um, a lot of issues have to be addressed. So will you be and asking the way, the for their... The government's position is... 
Yeah. Yes. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. And the government's, the government's position is advice of counsel is no defense. There was a case in 1961 in the District of Columbia that said that. However, now we've had a series of cases since then that talk about what willful really means. The idea that a lawyer directing the client, a layperson, in a uh, complicated legal proceeding, how to act, and if the person acts on that advice, that he could still be acting willfully and committing a crime is absolutely anathema to any sense of fairness. Plus, as you said, or at least intimated before, you can't have people who served a former president or in the private sector now undermining a legitimate constitutional claim of executive privilege before it's been adjudicated. Yep. And that that, that seems to me to be key. What's that? What's the hurry? The court in Mazur said the sanctity of this kind of privilege is tremendous. So do it properly. Uh, You know, January 6th happened. Uh, Nobody's going away. Do it properly. Okay, the specter of bringing an in and charging with a crime and all that—it's it's outrageous. May and I ask you now? The same with you know Mark Meadows and the others. Oh, I mean, you got a whole uh, list of people now. They've subpoenaed so many people. So my question is: Do do you know who the judge is? I guess you do. Who is the judge? Yes, this is a judge named uh, Judge Nichols in this mm-hmm. case. Um, right. who we expect to be a very fair judge. All right. Well, to the extent you can. I hope you'll uh, use our program and me to get get information out that the rest of the media simply is not going to report. You're going to be inundated now, just to warn you. So choose carefully, Dave. Of course. Well, it's an honor to do your show, I'll tell you that. Uh, It's the most popular show around. Well, it's an honor that you're doing what you're doing. You're you're a hell of a lawyer. And uh, I wish you all the best, and I wish uh, Mr. Bannon all the best, too. God bless you, my friend. Thank you. You too. God bless you. All right. Take care. Well, they're in for a fight. Right, Mr. B? You can see that. See, folks, it's not so black and white as Andy McCarthy incoherently laid out of the hill, I thought. And this is not a personal attack. I just thought the piece was long, rambling, and way off. There's a difference between commenting on the Rittenhouse case, as many former federal prosecutors, state prosecutors, defense counsel have. And good for them. They know a hell of a lot more than I do when it comes to those matters. But when it comes to constitutional matters, you're talking about a guy like Sean or me. We have spent decades studying this stuff. I mean, the case law, the history, it's not something you can just shoot from the hip or think you're, you're, you know, and I'm talking about all these commentators, all of them. It's not something you can just, you can just get in there and wing. There are a number of cases that are relevant to this. And the civil enforcement action is the way they're supposed to go. But we have a corrupt attorney general, a corrupt Department of Justice. And you're seeing this a lot now with prosecutors, the Rittenhouse case, as we talked about. You're seeing a lot of it. Mark Levin. The Great One makes your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. You know, there's no reason for gasoline prices to be going up, heating oil and heating fuel prices to be going up. There's no reason for the borders to be wide open, people pouring into our country. You know, various diseases, maladies, criminal records. All kinds of drugs pouring over the... There's no reason for this. There's no reason to bankrupt our country. To give out 
more freebies under more entitlements when only 40% of the people in this country actually pay federal income taxes? Who's going to keep paying for this? More and more people are on the dole? This is how the government devours your independence, devours your soul, devours your liberty. They expect things in return when they give you stuff, quote-unquote, for free. They expect things in return. Compliance. Uniformity. Conformity. Surrendering your free will. Surrendering your independent thinking. Surrendering your free speech and freedom of association. They expect something in return. You think you're getting free family leave for nothing? You think you'll get free college for nothing? Where else on the face of the world is it a one-way arrangement? Where? This is how police states are built. This is how police states are built. People become used to it. And then the people who who resist these police states, the people who resist conformity and uniformity, the people who are using their God-given brains to think for themselves, who have better ideas, who want to do something else, they become the enemy. That's why Joe Biden's out there, the unvaccinated are the enemy. They're killing people. That's why people who reject open borders are called racists. That's why people who defend our economic system are called white supremacists. That's why people who say government should only tax what it actually needs under the Constitution are said to be for the rich. They meet your intelligence, your knowledge, your thoughtful comments and arguments with demagogic, emotional attacks. You look at any of these, of these regimes in the past, they're not so far gone in the past either. You look at them. They always have to create enemies. White dominant culture. The oil companies, or this or that. Republicans as Jim Crow. And you can see the Democrat Party borrows heavily, heavily from these autocracies in the way they think, in the way they operate. Heavily. It's shocking. And more and more of the corporations, to, let, me, let me tell you a little secret. Like so many of you, I used to defend these corporations because all they are are legal creations that allow individuals to operate freely. To build things, to create things, to produce things, to develop things, to sell things, to to purchase things. That's all. An aggregate or a collection of individuals who invest, who make. What's wrong with that? And of course, they would be attacked because of their belief in capitalism. But not anymore. Not anymore. These corporations are now run by corporatists. Their CEOs, their COOs, their CFOs, their board members. These are corporatists. 
Many of them come out of the same colleges and universities and graduate schools as the other American Marxists. Many of them are just bowing to the mob because they think it's good for business. But either way, it's corrupt. When you look back at the John D. Rockefellers, when you look back at the Vanderbilts, when you look back at the great, the great capitalists, the industrialists, of course, you're now supposed to hate them, right? They truly laid the foundation for the greatest country and economic system on the face of the earth. You can't say that for most of the corporatists today who look over at communist China as the biggest market. You look at World War II, our companies were patriotic. Our athletes were patriotic. Ted Williams spent five years of his prime in two wars, World War II and the Korean War, and I can go down a whole list of them. You think anybody from the NBA, pretty much, will go to war on behalf of this country? Or football, we've had a few, but most would never. They go to war in their own way against this country. Because it's so horrendous, you understand. It's so horrendous. Anyway, let us circle back here. Judge Schroeder, who I think has done an outstanding job, actually, certainly under the circumstances, in the Rittenhouse trial. Today he banned MSNBC and NBC from the courthouse. The other day he was lamenting how the media were treating the courtroom. The, the lack of, of rational information and actual factual information being reported. Well, Judge Schroeder, this has been going on for several years now, whether it's Russia collusion, whether it's Ukraine, the Bidens, and on and on and on, and you're the latest victim. More particularly, Kyle Rittenhouse is the latest victim. He's the latest victim. But here is Judge Schroeder explaining why he has had to ban MSNBC and NBC from the courthouse. And this would be the same MSNBC and and NBC who behave themselves and follow the edicts of the genocidal communist enemy that is China. So they don't lose the exclusive television broadcast rights in the United States for the communist Chinese Olympics. They fall in line, just like LeBron James and the corrupt NBA and all the rest of them. Cut three, go. Last evening, um, a person who identified himself as James G. Morrison and who claimed that he was a producer with NBC News, employed uh, for MSNBC, um, and under the supervision of a person, what's going on? Oh, okay. Uh, Under the supervision of someone named Irene Bayon in New York uh, for MSNBC, Uh, the police, when they stopped him because he was following in a distance of a a block and uh, went through a red light, pulled him over and inquired of him what was going on, and he gave that information and stated that he had been instructed by Ms. Bayon. 
in New York to follow the jury bus. Uh, the matter is uh, under further investigation at this point. Um, and the media has asked questions about it. That's the latest I have. Um, and he was ticketed for uh, uh, violating a traffic control signal. Uh, he's not here today from what I'm told. And um, I have instructed that no one from MSNBC News will be permitted in this building for the duration of this trial. Uh, this is a very serious matter, and I don't know what the ultimate truth of it is, but absolutely it, it, it would go without much thinking that someone who is following uh, the jury bus, uh, that is a very, ex it's extremely serious matter and uh, will be referred to the uh, proper authorities for further action. But Shaquille Brewster, NBC News correspondent on MSNBC today, denied what took place. Cut four, go. Now, we did see the judge take the stand or come to the bench earlier today for an unrelated matter. This happened outside of the presence yeah, no, of the... No, the judge doesn't take the stand, of course. He sat in his chair. Go ahead. ...to a report that we got from the Kenosha Police Department last night saying that a member of the media was suspected of following the jury van after court yesterday. The judge named a member from MSNBC. He said he's, uh, he's taking this extremely seriously. He went on to say that he's investigating this further. And we also know that he's banning members from MSNBC, any MSNBC personnel from the courthouse at this time. Now, uh, NBC spokesperson did release a statement. Let's put that up on the screen right now. It says, last night, a freelancer received a traffic citation while the traffic violation took place near the jury van. The freelancer never contacted or, or intended to contact the jurors during deliberations and never photographed or intended to photograph them. We regret the incident and will fully cooperate with authorities on any investigation. Now, matters like this, I try to use common sense and reason. That's what separates us from, say, hamsters and liberal Democrats. Now, on NBC, spokesperson released a statement. Let's put that up on the screen right now. It says, last night, a freelancer received a traffic citation. While the traffic violation took place near the jury van, the freelancer, or let's stop right there. Isn't that a little coincidental, Mr. Producer? And that traffic violation was he went through a red light following the jury van. Oh, I see. But don't wait, worry, ladies and gentlemen. He never took any interviews. He never took any photographs. It sounds to me he never had a chance. And how do they know, NBC, that he was a freelancer? A freelancer for whom? News groups... Hire freelancers. Just a freelancer freelancing? NBC seems to know about the freelancer. They seem to know from their perspective what the freelancer was not doing. Look, he just happened to be behind the bus with the jurors in there. Happened to go through a red light. Happened to receive a traffic citation. And while, he writes, he says, while the traffic violation took place near the jury van... The freelancer never contacted or intended to contact the jurors during deliberations. 
and never photographed or intended to photograph them. Well, he's in the car. Why would he photograph the bus? If you're following the bus, you wait for it to stop, and then you pull the trigger on the, on the camera, right, Mr. Bidu? You start taking your pictures. You're going to take a picture of the back of the bus? For whom was this freelancer working? A traffic citation going through a red light? Simultaneous with the jury bus? Passing? Does that make sense to you folks? But don't worry, he never photographed or intended to photograph them. He's just a freelancer who had a... ran a red light near the jury bus but didn't intend to do anything. But NBC, quote, we regret the incident and will fully cooperate with authorities on any investigation. You have no choice but to fully cooperate with authorities on any investigation. What do you think this is, the Nancy Pelosi, Stalin Politburo? No, this is an actual criminal investigation. So there you have it. Obviously, NBC's innocent. Obviously, the freelancer is just a freelancer. Obviously, they just happen to be coincidentally near the jury bus. Of course. And besides, the judge is a racist. Has to be a racist. Because that's what they call him, a racist. He must be a racist. Mark Levin. We're giving you nothing but the best, the best of Mark Levin. The, uh, the Russians are amassing their army on the border with Ukraine. The Chinese are more aggressive in threatening the island of Taiwan, the country of Taiwan, than ever before. The Iranians are ignoring every effort by the appeasers... Biden and his people to come to the table to negotiate to negotiate what we don't know nothing enough to negotiate while the Iranians are selling 500 million barrels of oil to the communist Chinese in violation of worldwide sanctions you see ladies and gentlemen here's the deal As soon as Joe Biden came into office and he brought this guy Blinken with him and he brought Austin with him, he put this national security advisor with him and all these people, our enemies knew. Our enemies knew that they were in for a a good ride. And that if they were going to act, they would have to act during this presidency. They were rooting for Joe Biden's election as they were rooting for Hillary Clinton's election. They wanted nothing to do with Donald Trump like the American Marxists in our own country and the never-Trumpers in our own country. Now Joe Biden has created this situation and what happened in Afghanistan put an exclamation mark behind the fact that our enemies were relatively free to do what they want to do. I mean, after all, if the Taliban can do it, Xi's looking at his own military and saying, gee, they're nothing compared to us. Putin's looking at his military and says, oh, the Taliban's nothing compared to us. And Iran's saying, we don't have to compare ourselves to anybody. We're going to get nukes and there's not a damn thing Biden's going to do about it. He's not going to attack us. 
and he won't back Israel if Israel attacks us. We are in uh, very treacherous waters right now. Very, very treacherous waters. Appeasement encourages provocation. And that's what you're looking at. You're looking at massive spending, trillions and trillions of dollars. Do you know the the deficit for this year alone has reached $2.7 trillion and we haven't even finished the year? That in addition to the $1.9 trillion the Democrats passed when Biden came into the Oval Office, and the $1.25 trillion they're spending now, and the multiple trillions they want to spend now and in the future with the next one, we still haven't passed a budget. And Biden is proposing a $6 trillion budget, which is more than the trillion dollars over what the last budget was. The havoc that he is going to unleash on our economy, you're just tasting a tiny bit of this. The ideological advances they're trying to make, whether it's our schools or our military, brainwashing them, The open borders, we've now had over 2 million people trying to get into this country, some successfully. 2 million! 2 million! That's bigger than the city of Philadelphia. Trying to get into this country, and about 400,000 have come into this country illegally and are unknown. Walking our streets. Walking our streets. Now, the kind of money we need to spend on research and development when it comes to our military, we now have people in our military who are on food stamps, people in our military who are having to go to these food banks to eat. And this isn't the first Democrat president under whom our military has suffered like this. They're being taught Marxist, racist ideology. This is, this is a big problem we have here, folks. They want our military to be soft. They want our military to be ideologically hard left. And God forbid if we're attacked, they want our military to go to war without the proper weaponry and support. China sees this. China is on the move. Xi has the ambitions that Hitler had. Now, he'll use different tactics to conquer different parts of the world, choking people off, economic blackmail. We have not modernized our nuclear arms or nuclear uh, missiles. I've told you this. Russia has modernized now almost 80% of their nuclear missiles. China's bound by no agreement. China is now busy building as many nuclear missiles as they can. They're moving towards 2,000 warheads. Their hypersonic technology, they stole it from us, they built upon it, is more advanced than ours because we're not putting the research and development in. We're busy spending trillions and trillions of dollars on other stuff and opening our borders to illegal immigrants. And rather than celebrating and encouraging the private sector, we're going to regulate it and tax it to the point that it cannot compete. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, and all of you. Thank you and God bless you.